This is episode six of Fam Life with Phil Gomez on the Rising Man podcast. Fatherhood is a rites of passage. What's good, Rising Man family? This is Phil Gomez back behind the mic again for another episode of Fam Life. Got a something a little bit different for y'all today, a solo episode where we were talking rites of passage and fatherhood and really applying the framework of rites of passage to the domain of fatherhood. It's a really special one. It's a message that is near and dear to my heart and heavily tied to my mission, passion, and purpose in this life. Before we get into the episode, I want to drop a couple of things for y'all. Rites of passage is something that we talk a lot about here in the Rising Man community. You have probably heard Jetty talk about Compass. It is our initiatory rites of passage experience that's really geared towards marking the end of one chapter of life and beginning and claiming that next step, that next chapter in your life. The climax hallmark moment is a four-day solo nature fast in the wilderness there, and it is really one of the most powerful things you can do for yourself as a man. If it's something that piques your interest, I highly encourage you to check out more information on our website, risingman.org. Another thing we got going on at The Rising Man is Father to Father. Father to Father is a community of fathers that are working together to be the best dads that we can be. It's a family that lives on Telegram. We have constant conversations there, bringing our problems, bringing our difficulties, bringing our wins to the space, being seen and heard and really understood by other fathers. Fatherhood was never meant to be done alone. Now, whether you are a soon-to-be dad, a new dad, or a dad that's been in the game for a minute, there is a ton of benefit in being in conversation with other fathers. In Father to Father, we bring our difficulties, our problems, our hangups, our wins, whatever it is that we are going through, we bring that to the community and it's an opportunity to be seen, to be understood and to be supported by other guys who absolutely get what you got going on, what you're struggling with. It is a space that I not only lead, but utilize myself and really get the help and support from other guys who I know understand where I'm coming from. So if you're a dad that's doing it alone, you don't have a lot of dad friends, you don't have the support you need, come join us at Father to Father, get the support you need, be seen by other dads, and be the best dad you can be. Without further ado, let's jump into this episode. Rising Man family, welcome back to another episode of Fam Life with Phil Gomez here on the Rising Man podcast. We got episode number six and got something a little bit different for you today. Got a solo episode about fatherhood because my purpose, my mission in this life is to support the next generations and families and how I do that best is serving fathers. So before we dive into it, if you are a dad or soon to be dad, there's going to be straight gold in this episode for you. So highly encourage you to listen to it all. If you are not yet a dad, if you're a young man, uh, still just in that uh, journeyman's part of your life where you're, you're still a knight and uh, family might be something that's in the vision for you, but 
it's not where you're at right now, I still challenge you to listen to this episode because there's going to be something in here for you as well. And there's really no time too early to start preparing for that vision, even if it is 10 years down the line, 15 years down the line, whatever it may be. Uh, there's still going to be something in here that'll probably help you avoid making some of the mistakes that I did or that other dads have. So again, I challenge you to listen to it. So today's episode is about fatherhood as a rites of passage. I'm going to start off with a little story. So about four years ago, I was out in the wilderness with my men's team. We were out in the back country of Santa Barbara and we were doing what men do best, uh, fathering each other, being circled around a fire and giving each other that masculine love where we're sharpening each other's swords and really pushing each other and calling each other forward to be the best men that we can be. And through challenging each other, really just helping to expose our blind spots again so that we can be the best leaders, best uh, friends, uh, best citizens of the world that we could be. Such a powerful and amazing weekend. I still remember it like it was yesterday. So we're hiking out of the back country after 48 hours out there, laughing, telling jokes, shooting the shit. I was sitting on top of the world. Get back to the car, driving back into civil civilization and uh, turn on my phone. And I see I have a message from my then fiance, now wife. And it says, call me when you're available. I was like, okay, that's, that's pretty normal. I, I would expect to see something like that. And so I finally call my wife and she tells me that she's pregnant. And I was hit with the immediate, wow, that's amazing. That's exciting. And that's beautiful. And how are you feeling? And all those things. And we went through the conversation and, you know, I was heading back to see her then. So I was like, well, I'll see you in a couple hours. And as soon as I hung up the phone, it was followed by what I classify as the oh fuck moment. <laughs> a wave of oh fuck just washed over me. And I realized that I was about to embark on a journey that I had no idea what I was in store for. I kind of have had an idea. You know, I had men in my life that were dads, good friends that were dads, older men on my men's team that had talked to me about their experience of raising children, uh, being in a long-term committed relationship, getting divorced, all, you know, all the problems and all the um, triumphs of raising a family. But I still had no idea what I was in store for. I knew it was big. Uh, I knew it was going to be challenging. And I, I just didn't know if I had what it took, but it didn't matter because I was in the race. I was in the journey. I was, I was on course to have a child anyway. So finally get into uh walk into my house and just give my wife the biggest hug and you know telling her everything's going to be all right and i'm so excited and this is beautiful while at the same time i'm crapping my pants now her and i we were engaged for about a year maybe a little bit longer than a year at that point and sure family having a family together is something that we had talked about you know something we both wanted but it was also something that we were talking about maybe two years uh, in the future. It, it wasn't something that we were trying for in that moment. It was, uh, I'll call it unexpected. So nonetheless, I was just hit 
with the wave of oh fuck i was really just stricken with um how am i going to do this how what do i do how do i be a good father how do i prepare to be a father how do i uh support a pregnant partner um what am i do i have enough money all these things that you know if you're a dad or if you're soon to be a dad i know you know all of those stories that come up immediately um and what i was able to tap back into was the framework of rites of passage now if you've listened to the podcast before i know you've heard jetty talk about rites of passage and compass and really what rites of passage is is a ceremony or event that marks a life transformation uh in someone's life so that could be coming of age from boy to man um birth, death of a loved one, whatever it may be. So I was able to put this framework on top of what was happening to me at that moment, which was, you know, getting ready to become a dad. And that helped me get through or at least prepare for what was coming up. So stepping out of the story and into the framework of the three stages of a rites of passage. So Rites of passage is broken down to three stages. The first one is severance. The second is threshold. And the third is incorporation. So we're going to put this framework on top of fatherhood or becoming a father, that process of becoming a father. So step one, severance. This is pretty much what I was in. The birth of my severance process was, oh, fuck, I'm going to be a dad. Things are going to change. I don't know exactly what that's going to look like. Typically what severance is um, equated to is dying, right? As, uh, as this event, this rites of passage is coming up, there is a death and a rebirth. So there is a per- certain part of ourselves that is dying or no longer going to exist as we are birthed or step into this next process. So prior to being a dad, I was, uh, I was a man, right? I was, uh, I was a part, you know, I had a partner. I was a, I was uh, a physical therapist. I was all these things, right? But I would really um, identify myself as pretty self-centered. I, of course, had community and good friends and uh, my partner, people that I cared about and, you know, that I thought about. But at the end of the day, all of the decisions that I made really only revolved around me. There was a certain level or a certain definition of freedom that I was operating under. And that was really being able to do whatever I wanted to do at any time that I wanted to do it. And there's something really, really attractive about that. And there was something that was very threatened at the thought of this being coming into the world and me having to make decisions based on that being, based on my child, my future child, I could no longer just go surfing at uh, 6 a.m. and stay out for three hours, come home, do a little bit of work, uh, take a nap, go work out. You know, really just my day being me flying by the seat of my pants and just doing purely what I wanted to do in the moment. Um, there was just this this certain certain ways of being that would no longer serve me if I was going to be the father that I always dreamed of being. Now, some people think about their, their becoming a father 
their entire life, right? It's, they always think about it. I wasn't one of those guys. I always knew that I wanted to be a dad. I always knew that that was part of my vision, but I rarely thought about the kind of dad that I wanted to be. I did recognize in mentors and um, other fathers of friends, you know, I I recognized attributes and ways of being that really um, I was attracted to or that um, inspired me, but I never really considered or answered the question, what is the type of father that I wanted to be? What I did know in this severance portion of the rites of passage was there were certain ways of being that just weren't going to cut it, that weren't going to fly if I was going to be a good dad. And part of that was the freedom aspect that I just talked about. Freedom in the sense of being able to do what I want to do whenever I wanted to do it. There was another element, which was uh, I, I was a big procrastinator. And I still procrastinate at times. I'm not going to hold y'all. I'm not going to BS you. Still procrastinate. But really naming that I was I would always put things off to the last minute. I would always uh, avoid, avoid, avoid. And in that avoidance, I was always just putting off some level of discomfort um, until I actually had to face it. And that was another thing that I realized uh, there's probably a lot of discomfort that is going to come up as I become a dad. And if I am going to be a man that... um, is modeling what it is to be a good man. And that is providing safety and nurturing for my future child. Then I am probably going to have to face the discomfort head on and uh, a little bit more timely and not be such a procrastinator. So nonetheless, maybe for you who is soon to be a dad or thinking about becoming a father in the future, the, one of the biggest parts of the severance process is really just naming. It's that awareness of how am I being, how do I show up, and what part of the way that I show up is not in alignment with the vision that I have of myself being the best father I can be. So that naming of what no longer serves me and what has to die within me. Another aspect of severance for fatherhood is it's really conceptual and that's very different for dads and moms. And what I mean by that is mothers are physically changing, right? The, this, this child is growing within them. So in their process of, of transforming from woman to mother, there's actually this nine month process of this child growing within them. They can feel the child kicking around. They can feel their body changing. They can physically see their body changing. For us, it's, you know, the first couple months, it's like, it's completely conceptual, right? Because our partners don't look any different. Maybe they have some morning sickness or there's some changes like that, but it's not like they got the baby bump. Um, It's not like anything in us is actually changing. It's all conceptual or, or it's all mental, I guess is a better way to put it. So again, it's like, we know this big change is coming and it's mental. There's nothing physically changing. So it, I see that as us having to take um, a more concrete or a more intentional step to prepare since nothing is actually changing within us. Um, And it also really calls for us to communicate with our partners more in the sense of by asking them and checking in with them with how they're feeling physically, um, it helps us tap into the realness of this huge life change that's coming. And I think last but not least is anticipation. Severance, when it comes to becoming a dad, is 
highly, highly characterized by anticipation. And again, I was talking about it before, but I'll highlight it again. You know this big change is coming, but you don't know exactly what it's going to look like. You know it's probably going to be difficult. It's probably going to be uncomfortable, but you don't know really in, in which ways. So, you know, the question that always comes up for me is how do you plan for something that you can't see? How do you plan for something that you don't know exactly how it's going to go? There is no blueprint, right? There is no play-by-play. Of course, there's parenting books and there's um, you know other material that's written on how to be a good parent, how to be a good partner, how to be a good father. Uh, but a lot of those things are very specific. And from at least from my personal experience and from working with other fathers, a lot of us don't resonate with those books because they're usually written from a perspective that is more uh, mother-centered. So a lot of us kind of push those away. So going back to that question, how do you prepare for what you can't see? Um, I really see as building the body that can withstand anything. How do you become the lighthouse? How how do you be that guy? And I really see it as harnessing the virtues, the values that you see uh, good fathers modeling. Now, if you didn't have a father figure, just look at your role models. Look at the look at the men you respect. Doesn't have to be someone famous. It could be your best friend, right? It could be your high school coach. It could be anyone, anyone that you respect. Take a moment to really think about what are the elements uh, that you respect about them. What are the things that that person uh, embodied or enacted that really inspired and, and left a lasting impre- impact on you? For me, those things were patience and a sense of being um, being level-headed, uh, being cool, calm, and collected. All, that was like one common thing around all of the men that I saw or held in a high, high standard, high regard. And I knew that was one thing that I wanted to have as a father as well. So I kept looking for opportunities to practice being cool, calm, and collected. Um, and really like what that looked like, what that meant for me. So what are those things for you? Severance is an awesome opportunity to think about these things. And if you are already a father, you can still go back to this. And we'll talk a little bit more about that lifelong journey afterwards or a little bit later here. But you can still go back to what are the things that I really admire about, um, about strong, powerful leaders, fathers, men, male figures, could be female figures as well. All right, so that's the first stage of this rites of passage of fatherhood. It's severance. The second stage is threshold. So threshold is the ceremony or the event that is marking that change or that dying of the old and that birth of the new, dying of the man and birth of the father. So threshold I see is labor. That is the birthing process. Now, for the men that have been through that already, you already know. For the men that are uh, about to go through that or planning for it, you just wait. You are in store for something uh, powerful, something beautiful, something absolutely life-changing. I have been blessed enough to be surrounded with birth workers. My wife is a doula. Um, some some good friends are doulas, know a couple midwives very personally, and um, they really hold birth as a ceremony. It, it's like the, the opening ceremony of life. It's how we all come into the world. It's how we all 
are initiated into life itself. And it is the first rites of passage. And obviously we don't remember it, but it's still how we come into this earth plane. And there's something really, really special, really, really human about witnessing uh, another human being, your child coming earthside, coming out of the birth portal there. And, you know, I think the way that media portrays birth, a lot of us have a ton of fear about it. I know I did. In my story, I had fear about something happening to my wife or my child, you know, one of them dying through birth because you see things like that. Um, there was a lot of discomfort leading up to it around the idea of my wife suffering or being in pain um, and not being able to do anything to help her, not being able to save her, right? Because that was the that would that's what I felt my role was as provider and protector is save my wife so she doesn't have to feel any discomfort in her life. Obviously, that is impossible when it comes to childbearing. Um, and I think last but not least was uh, this fear of of doing the wrong thing or, or being, being unprepared and therefore not being able to be of service, kind of being a bit useless, just taking up space in the birth room. Those are all my big fears. So in that ceremony of birth, it is, there's obviously some logistics to it. We had a really beautiful home birth. And for anyone who's considering it out there, I, I highly recommend uh, having a home birth, it was, you know, one of the best decisions that my wife ever, ever made. And I co-signed on really, really, really grateful that we had the intimacy of um, giving, um, receiving both of my children in both of them at home. But there's something really, really special about being in the comfort of your home and surrounded by, you know, all of the things that are you, right? And being able to support be by the side of your partner and not really facilitate because it, it's not we're not actually doing anything other than uh, being cheerleaders which is super important but doing all the things that we can do that lead up to our child coming out and then catching them right or at least holding them for the first time that whole process is otherworldly and that's really what threshold is identified with it's it's otherworldly it's you're in a completely different realm and there's something so special about just feeling the changing the shifting in your dna when you first see your child for the first time i'm i'm telling you it might sound like i'm talking woo woo over here but if you've been there then you know if you haven't been there you'll see there's something that that really it's guttural. It's it's instinctual. There's something that just kicks on when you hold, see, smell your child for the first time. And that really is marking the birth of you being a father, you know, birth of your child and birth of you as a father. So again, threshold is marked as the actual ceremony, the actual event that is marking the death of the old and the birth of the new. So the third stage of rites of passage fatherhood as a rites of passage is incorporation. Now, incorporation can be likened to embodiment. It is really the lifelong journey of being a father. And every day you are getting more and more clear what it is to be a good dad and what is the dad that you want to be. Every day you are making the mistakes. Every day you are learning. Every day you are becoming better and better. Again, 
it's a lifelong process. Being a dad isn't something, you know, obviously you are deemed father, you are crowned father as soon as your child's born, um, and you're not in your final stage. You're constantly evolving, constantly uh, becoming a little bit better, constantly realizing, uh, wow, I really screwed that one up. And it's uh, one thing that's really helped me in the process of incorporation is laughter, being able to laugh at my because there are plenty of times, um, obviously, when you have a toddler, there's plenty of times to laugh because you just get in your feelings very often. But even when you just have a, a newborn, I'll, I'll never forget this. This is about two weeks after my child was born. And I called, called Jetty Azuma, the rising man. And I was like, listen, bro, I'm having a tough time. Hey, man, what's going on? What, what, what's up? I'm here. I'm all ears. I'm like, man, I feel like I'm just cooking and cleaning and I'm doing all the house stuff. I feel like a glorified butler. This, I, I thought fatherhood was all about, you know, playing catch with my kids and doing the fun stuff. And this isn't fun, man. And he proceeded to crack up laughing and tell me I was doing a good job. And I got about another three or four years, which I'll start throwing a football with my son. <laughs> so we had a great laugh. And nonetheless, it was uh, it was such a beautiful reminder that fa- that is fatherhood, right? It's not just your relationship with your children, right? Fatherhood, and especially those beginning stages of incorporation are really about facilitating the building of your family's foundation. For me, what was really helpful was seeing those first stages as me doing what I could do in order to provide my wife and my son time and space to develop their bond, right? Breastfeeding and all those things that are occurring right in those first few days, first few weeks. So by by being able to cook, clean, um, make phone calls, do whatever, set up meal trains, whatever it is that I was doing at that time, I was helping to facilitate that bond, which was the most important thing for my child at, at that time. So what else, what else would be more honorable than that? So it was a, it was a big process of, of really reframing and shifting this idea of what I had, what fatherhood was, and really putting into action those things that I had named back in the severance journey, right? Back in, back in the severance phase of the journey. Oh, yeah, I said I wanted to be patient. Oh, yeah, I said I wanted to be cool, calm, and collected no matter what. Oh, yeah, I said I wanted to be the provider and the nurturer and and provide safety for not only my child, but my whole family. Yeah, that looks like cooking right now. That looks like cleaning right now. That looks like doing that for the next couple of weeks, for the next month, whatever it may be. So really reframing all the things that I was calling in for this next stage of life and being like, oh, this is actually what it looks like. I can I can determine what I want. I can't determine what it's going to look like as, as far as how I'm going to enact those virtues that I'm calling in. That's just life putting its tests, putting its, uh, putting, putting me in the situation and then me having the awareness to then enact those virtues. So I'm sure a lot of you dads out there can relate to this. It, it doesn't look exactly how we think it's going to look at first. And it's just the beginning process of the journey it continues to shift and change over and over and over again. It seems like those for that, those first like six months, it seems like every week is just a different phase. It's so just constantly changing and 
you know, it feels like as soon as you start to get your feet under you, like, oh yeah, I got this. I know how things are supposed to go. Boom. Another curveball coming your way. And uh, as I'm saying that out loud now, I guess, you know, the last four years have been exactly like that. So maybe it's not just, maybe it's not just the first six months of your child's life, but nonetheless, the lifelong journey of being a father is what I see is really our standard of what it is to be a good father continues to clarify and become more crystallized. That is the most important thing we can do in the incorporation is really define clearly for ourselves. What does it mean to be a good dad? What does it mean to me? If I put everything aside, you know, what society says, what I've seen from media, what, you know, what my dad told me, what my mom told me, what, what my partner has told me. If I just go back or go deep within to my, the center of my being, my, my truth, what does it mean to be a good father? What does that look like? What does that sound like? What does that feel like? And once I define that for myself, I have the playbook. That is the playbook that we're looking for. So the incorporation process for me has been crystallizing what it is to be a good father and constantly looking for opportunities to be that father. And as I get more and more comfortable with it, the challenges become more and more challenging. It becomes more and more difficult to be those things because that's just like, that's just how life works. That's just how the universe works. Uh, once we claim that we are something, once we, uh, we claim that we want to be something, we will constantly get tested in order to solidify and strengthen our ability to be just that. Another essential part of incorporation for me has been being in community, being in relationship, being in conversation with other fathers. A lot of dads uh, try to do it alone. And traditionally, that's that's what it looks like. You know, you look at TV and it's like, yeah, you're going to have kids and then you could say bye to all your friends. You're never going to have friends anymore. You're never going to hang out. You're just going to be locked in your house with your wife and your kid. You're going to go to work. You're going to come home, do your kid stuff, go to sleep, wake up, repeat. And that's really just a dangerous way of thinking. And, you know, that's how they portray it. But fatherhood is not meant to be alone. Parenthood is not meant to be alone. Relationships not meant to be alone. It's always meant, always has been being in uh, smaller circles within larger circles, right? So, yeah, you have your nuclear family, but then you have the other nuclear family and the other one. And then all of you make a bigger circle, right? So being in relationship, being in conversation with other fathers has really helped me in two different ways. One is realizing I'm not crazy. So, you know, again, going back to that example of me calling Jetty, I realized I wasn't crazy, you know, bitching about uh, cooking and cleaning because he had a similar, he had a similar experience when he had a young child. So no, I'm not crazy. And the second thing is the collective problem solving. So being in relationship and communication with other fathers in this incorporation journey, in this journey of being the best father that I can be has, uh, brought me, uh, has enabled me to cross paths with other fathers who have been through similar difficulties and have found themselves on the other side and vice versa. There's sometimes there's a guy that's in a problem and I've been, I've been through that and I'm now on the other side. So in that it's just, it's like swapping notes, right? It's like swapping tactics. Hey, 
I really see what you're going through. You know what? Me and my wife, me and my child, we, we went through that as well. This is what really helped me. So being in communication, uh, being in community is one of the hallmark signs or one, one, one of the pillars. That's a better way to say it. It's one of the pillars of incorporation. Incorporation is not meant to be done alone. It's a lifelong journey that's done in community for the sake of being the best father that you can be. So there you have it. Those are the three stages. Again, severance. Severance is all about the death, letting go of the parts of you that no longer serve you so that you can prepare to be the father that you all always dreamed of being. Then you have threshold. It is the event. It is the ceremony that is uh, marking your transformation. That's marking the actual death and the actual birth. So it is labor. It is you being in that room with your partner, you witnessing your child coming through Earthside and that moment that you really set eyes, have your hands on and are just taking in the essence of your child. And lastly, the third is incorporation. It is a lifelong journey of sharpening your sword and being the best father that you can be. Through all the challenges, you are learning, you are clarifying your standard and you're just stepping more and more into that role of father. So there you have it, folks. Really appreciate you sticking it around for this solo episode. I really hope there's something in there that's going to help you along your journey, whether you are stepping into fatherhood currently, or you've been a dad for a while. Hopefully this re reframe invites you to look back over your journey and uh, helps you get present to where you're at now and helps you step back in the ring so you can be the best dad you can be so we can raise up this next generation to be even better than we are. Until next time, much love, stay up. All right, fellas, well, there you have it. It is definitely my firm belief that fatherhood is the highest stakes game that a man will ever play in his life, meaning it is absolutely worth all the preparation, all the intentionality, because it's only going to result in you being a better man for your family. Now, again, if you're not a dad, I'm sure there's something in here that's going to still help you. And above all else, I really invite you to use this framework of rites of passage the severance threshold and incorporation and see where that applies to you in your life right now. Obviously, some life events are going to be more life changing than others, but we are all constantly going through a phase of evolution. And if we bring that awareness to what we're going through in our lives, it's going to enable us to step out on that other end. It's going to enable us to start that new chapter in a more powerful way. So to all the men out there who are struggling with this dad thing, I just want to give you a word of encouragement. Keep going. You're doing a great job. You got this. Your children, your family, the world needs you. Stay on top of your game. Get the support you need and do the hard work with a smile. If you enjoyed this episode of Fam Life or any of the other episodes on the Rise Man podcast, share them with a friend. Leave a review on whatever platform you're listening to. Help us spread our message here. This is Fam Life with Phil Gomez, and until next time, stay up.